It's the Noon Report from Family Life, bringing a Christian worldview to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country, and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening. Inflation Nation. Good afternoon. Welcome aboard. The price you pay for the stuff you buy remains sky high. And here's some of what you're saying about that today. We make decent money, but that doesn't make a difference. Every week I go out for groceries. It's like another dollar up, another dollar, another dollar. I work a minimum wage job and just buying food, you know, it takes over a third of my income. I don't think that the administration gets what the average person has to deal with. We live paycheck to paycheck. The Consumer Price Index or CPI came in at a red hot 8.2% today. That's the highest inflation has been since August of 1982. Here's economist Brian Brenberg. Going forward, the issue becomes how high does the Fed have to raise rates to tamp this out? And what does that mean Mm -hmm. for employment? What does that mean for the economy? What does that mean for jobs? You get this far behind on inflation, the likelihood of the Fed breaking things, overcorrecting, causing too much pain, goes up. And that's really the issue right now. With you and I digging deeper to pay for gas and groceries, there are growing concerns the U.S. is on the verge of a recession, if we're not there already. Correspondent Tom Costello. With America's collective wallet already stretched thin, there are new signs that decades-high inflation remains red hot with no immediate signs of slowing down. Stocks in a free-for-all again today following the CPI report. Sheila Mooney with the Wall Street Journal. Consumers are still dealing with higher food and higher energy costs. Gas prices are once again climbing. That's taking aim at U.S. household budgets. President Biden predicts if there is a recession, it'll be short-lived, but the influential International Monetary Fund is not so sure. It is downgrading its forecast for global growth in in the coming year. In short, the worst is yet to come, and for many people, 2023 will feel like a recession. New York Congressman Joe Sampolinsky calls inflation a tax on the poor. It really hurts people that can afford it the least. So it's a brutal tax. It's theft. The economy and the cost of living among the top concerns of voters with Election Day just 26 days away now. Social Security recipients about to get the biggest raise of their lifetime. This senior says every little bit helps. A lot of seniors are having to even go back to work because Social Security isn't enough. Cost of living adjustments or COLAs increasing 8.7% next year for 66 million Americans. For the average person, that's an extra 140 bucks a month starting in January. Social Security is going to be a, a basically a lifesaver for many families and households across the country, not just in urban areas or suburban areas, but in rural America as well. It is the largest pay increase for Social Security recipients in 40 years. President Biden pled with OPEC to delay for a month until after the midterms cuts to oil production. OPEC's response? We're not helping you crawl out of this midterm hole for your party. Former White House strategist Kellyanne Conway says the Biden administration has no one to blame but itself for this energy emergency. You can't run the world's greatest democracy, our country, on spite. And I can't help but feel that this president, his governing philosophy is spite. Trump did it, I'll undo it. OPEC announcing last week that it'll be scaling back oil production by 2 million barrels a day. Breaking news from Parkland, Florida, a suburb of Fort 
Lauderdale, a verdict's been reached at the sentencing trial of school shooter Nicholas Cruz, the 24-year-old confessing to the murders of 17 people at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School back on Valentine's Day 2018, and today the jury recommended life without parole. A Senate candidate's stroke recovery continues to dominate the political headlines. Is John Fetterman fit to serve? That's the question many are asking in Pennsylvania. I've been trying to find out, as has the voters, who he really is. Fetterman's opponent is Dr. Mehmet Oz. He seems to either be hiding a radical agenda or he's hiding his health. Fetterman refusing to release his medical records after suffering a stroke five months ago. When I'm asked, is he improving or not, I don't know because nobody knows. In a recent interview with NBC News, Fetterman had to use a closed captioning device to understand the questions he was being asked. The top election official in Pennsylvania says the state will disregard guidance from the U.S. Supreme Court when it comes to counting mail-in ballots. The high court says ballots that do not have a date on them should not count. But Acting Secretary of State Lee Chapman says they will anyway. Legal challenges are expected. New York Governor Kathy Hochul is calling on the Biden administration to do more to secure the southern border. We really are looking for a federal response to this, to take ownership of a crisis, and we'll be there to help. But this belongs in the federal government. These are human beings. They don't need to be shipped all over. They need to have the dignity of a place over their heads while they're going through the asylum process. The governors of Texas and Florida are busing migrants to northern cities like New York because of how overwhelmed border communities have become. Overseas, Russia staging a new round of attacks in Ukraine today. Authorities here say that a village outside the capital was hit overnight. They say a so-called called Kamikaze drone was used in this attack. This drone was probably supplied by Iran. The BBC's Hugo Bachega in Kyiv. Two police officers killed last night in Bristol, Connecticut. A third injured in a shooting in a residential neighborhood. Roger Suzanin with Channel 2 News out of Bristol. Neighbors tell us it sounded like a war zone. Many, many gunshots in quick succession. We've been talking with law enforcement sources and they never remember anything quite this awful with this many officers shot. Brian Gould is the chief of police. Sadly, we lost two exceptional Bristol police officers and a third was seriously injured as a result of senseless violence. One of the cops killed leaves behind a pregnant wife and two children. The other was also married. They were responding to a domestic disturbance when the gunfire rang out. The House Select Committee investigating last year's attack on the U.S. Capitol will hold its final hearing today. We get a preview from correspondent Scott McFarland. This hearing is going to look and sound a little bit different. There'll be no live witnesses in the room, and all nine members of the panel are going to make part of the pre presentation, what's been characterized as a closing argument. Meantime, surveillance video obtained by the FBI shows a Donald Trump employee moving boxes at Mar-a-Lago as a federal probe was underway. Legal analyst Lori Levinson. Whether or not this is a smoking gun against 
President Trump depends not only on the fact that he was telling people to move boxes, but why he was doing that. In early August, a team of FBI agents raided Trump's Florida home, accusing him of violating the Presidential Records Act. Still to come on the Noon Report, a Thursday edition, homelessness in Elmira, New York, key ruling on gun law, and protecting kids online. Well, very good afternoon. We're tracking a cold front with rain and thunder. I'll have forecast details coming up in 10. All right, Kevin Williams, we will see you then. In the meantime, let's check the stories making news all across New York and Pennsylvania. New Marist College poll out today puts Governor Hochul up 10 points on her Republican rival, Lee Zeldin, in New York. The survey gives Hochul just a single-digit lead, though, when likely voters are interviewed, not just registered voters. A federal appeals court in Syracuse will allow New York's controversial new gun laws to remain in place while legal challenges play out. These measures make it illegal to carry a firearm in most places outside the home. Congressman Joe Sampolinsky told us today that gun-free zones at church puts lives at risk. If Kathy Hochul walked into church, she'd be surrounded by good guys with guns protecting her. If you or I walk into church, we can't carry. We can't protect ourselves and our fellow parishioners that are there with us. It just sort of shows the hypocrisy. Most police say they will use discretion in enforcing the gun statutes that they argue violate the constitutional rights of law-abiding citizens. A Cheektowaga, New York man in police custody today following the death of his wife. Family Life's Dee Haley has that story. 45-year-old Adam Benefield was taken into custody yesterday afternoon. He's accused of violating a protection order and shooting his wife following a domestic incident on October 5th in the city of Buffalo. Kira Benefield was allegedly shot to death in a car in front of her three children. Chictawaga police arrested Benefield one day earlier and charged him in a domestic violence case involving his wife, but then released him because he did not qualify for bail. D. Haley, Family Life News. Right, just a tragic story. Thank you, D. Homelessness is a growing problem in the city of Elmira. Many homeless are now living underneath the Clemens Center Bridge. It's an ongoing problem problem and it stems from several different things. Elmira Mayor Dan Mandel tells WENY. Basically what we have here is a lot of people that have mental health issues, a lot of people that have substance abuse issues. Elmira recently shut down a homeless encampment after knives, guns, and even machetes were found there. We reached out trying to get them help through Catholic Charities. They refused the help. Catholic Charities Executive Director Nancy Coons. Two of the main root causes that we've been experiencing is mental health issues and substance abuse. The city's only homeless shelter had to shut down recently due to health concerns. Catholic Charities is now opening up a new facility to address homelessness in Elmira, New York. Checks in the mail for 1.8 million New Yorkers. The earned income or child tax credits should arrive by the end of the month. Those checks total to around $270 each. Gas prices on the rise in Pennsylvania. Family Life's Terry Diener. Pennsylvania has seen an overall increase of 16 cents in just the past week. GasBuddy.com shows that over the past three years, Pennsylvania has stayed relatively consistent and mostly higher than the national average. Terry Diener, Family Life News. Thank you, Terry. Governor Hochul wants to make New York an abortion tourism destination. We will protect 
a woman's right to a safe and legal abortion. She is directing another $13.5 million to bolster the abortion industry in the Empire State. The funding will go to nearly 40 abortion clinics in 64 cities statewide. We'll fight to make sure that no one ever touches these rights right here and we'll be that beacon of hope, we'll be that safe harbor for women all across this nation. A pro-life activist in Rochester says abortion is a risky campaign issue for Democrats uh, if they hitch that issue to their political wagon this fall. Jim Harden is the CEO of Compass Care. They don't have anything else to run on. They think, though, that they can actually win by talking about abortion, but they're not talking about abortion in a way that is honest because their position about abortion is unfettered absolute deregulation of abortion and that is not where the people of america are a recent gallup poll shows abortion is the most important issue to four percent of the electorate new york state wants drivers holding on to peeling license plates to trade them in or else here's family life's mark webster yeah you still see plenty of them on new york roads paintless new york plates delaminated due to a manufacturing defect some drivers cover them believing they can evade throughway toll scanners although the throughway authorities says not true. The DMV says instead of saving you money, they can cost you since drivers caught with them face up to a $200 fine. The state is offering a free replacement, although if you want to keep your current license number, that'll cost you 20 bucks. Mark Webster, Family Life News. Okay, Mark, thank you very much. A Philadelphia Democrat wants to rein in book banning in Pennsylvania. State Rep Chris Rabs proposed a bill that establishes uniform procedures for school boards to follow before they can ban books. Many parents in PA complain certain books need to be banned due to their sexually explicit content. Pennsylvania ranks third in the nation, by the way, when it comes to states that ban books. Florida is number one, Texas number two. Digital advertising aimed at kids, as well as the data collection of younger internet users, would be banned under a new bill proposed in the New York State Legislature. We get that story from Family life's Jeremy Miller. Yeah, that measure is meant to provide stronger protections for kids online and give parents more control over their children's digital lives. Studies have found that social media exposure can lead to mental health problems in children and teens. The bill's meant to safeguard kids against drug sales and being targeted by abusers and proposes more access for parents to their kids' online accounts. It would also require kids' accounts to have the highest possible privacy as a default setting. Jeremy Miller, Family Life News. Okay, Jeremy, thank you very much. It is now 14 past the hour. That means time to talk sports right here on the Family Life Noon Report. Good afternoon. I'm Randy Snavely. Bob, the National League Division Series are both now tied at one game apiece. In Atlanta last night, Kyle Wright went six innings, striking out six and gave up no runs. Nor did the Braves' bullpen as they shut out the Phillies 3-0. Atlanta scored all three runs in the sixth inning. The rally started with two outs and nobody on. And then you had a hit batter, a walk, and two straight singles, one of which was an infield dribbler down the third baseline, and all three runs came across. The series shifts to Philadelphia for Game 3 Friday night. 
Out West, Jerickson Profar had an RBI single to plate the go-ahead run, breaking a 3-3 tie in the sixth inning. And Jake Cronworth added an insurance run with a home run in the eighth. 5-3, the Padres beat the Dodgers. L.A. got home runs from Freddie Freeman, Max Muncie, and Trey Turner. But they were all solo shots, and they couldn't muster up any more offense. This series tied at one, the two teams heading to San Diego for Game 3 on Friday. The Mariners are in Houston. The Yankees host Cleveland in action today. On the ice, Carolina skated past Columbus 4-1. Montreal edged Toronto 4-3. Boston knocked off the Caps 5-2. The Avs also won by a 5-2 score over Chicago. Anaheim a 5-4 winner over the Kraken. And it was Edmonton 5, Vancouver 3. And National Football League's Thursday night game has Washington in Chicago, the 1-4 Commanders playing the 2-3 Bears. That is a look at sports. All right, Randy, thank you very much. Still to come on the Noon Report, Cruz learns fate, a key report on inflation, and take a gander, the loose goose in L.A. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Even while many nations pump the brakes on radical transgender ideology and healthcare practices, Americans at both the state and federal level continue to push culture-wide affirmation, the social transition of minors, hormone therapies, and even harmful surgeries. Advocates frequently claim that so-called and misnamed gender-affirming treatments, including surgery, save lives, that gender dysphoria is a permanent condition among minors, and that regret by those who undergo such treatments are minimal or maybe even non-existent, while increasingly research is suggesting otherwise. Contrary to what is consistently filling our news feeds these days, there's a disturbing lack of evidence that intervening in a child's normal gender development produces beneficial results of any kind. Even more than that, many studies are showing a strong potential for lasting harm. Last month, for example, Dr. Stan Weed with the Institute for Research and Evaluation produced an invaluable paper on this subject. It was entitled Transgender Research, Five Things Every Parent and Policymaker Should Know. In it, Weed summarizes dozens of studies from around the world on five of the most hotly debated transgender talking points. For example, about the benefits and harms of cross-sex medical treatment for minors, the highly respected British Medical Journal concluded, quote, puberty blockers are being used in the context of profound scientific ignorance. There are a large number of unanswered questions that include the age at start, reversibility, adverse events, long-term effects on mental health, quality of life, bone mineral density, osteoporosis and later life, and cognition. The current evidence base, it continued, does not support informed decision-making and safe practice in children, end quote. And on whether medical transition improves rates of suicide ideation for trans-identifying youth, one group of researchers observed this, quote, the transition or suicide narrative falsely implies that transition will prevent suicides, yet neither hormones nor surgeries have been shown to reduce suicidality in the long term. Thus, the so-called transition or die narrative whereby parents are told that their only choice is between a live trans daughter or a dead son or vice versa is both factually inaccurate and ethically wrong, end quote. Now, needless to say, the data that's included in this report is contentious. 
as tends to be the case whenever reality bumps up against prized cultural priorities. Of course, Christians and citizens of conscience must remember, especially in a culture like ours, that truth is often contentious, especially when it comes to matters of the highest stakes. Too many young people have been made pawns in a cultural game that pits reality against itself, convinced that their developmentally common feelings mean that they were somehow born in the wrong body and unaware that these feelings will likely dissipate once puberty and the spell of social contagion runs its course. Instead, they're told it's who they are, that it's permanent, and that anyone who fails to affirm them actually hates them. Love must speak the truth. And as gentle as we must be with those who struggle with who God created them to be, and even profess to be our enemies at times in this whole cultural tug-of-war, the church has to stand for what is true about humanity including God's good creation of the human body and the inherent value that each person has since they bear his image. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. For more resources to live like a Christian in this cultural moment, go to colsoncenter.org. It is 20 past the hour, time for weather. Time for Kevin. Here is your family life weather forecast for the call for this afternoon. Rain and embedded thunderstorms across central New York, the Finger Lakes, central and eastern Pennsylvania. Farther west, a couple of leftover showers and rumbles in western New York and northwest Pennsylvania. Temperatures spend much of the time in the 50s, dropping tonight into the upper 30s to the mid-40s as any rains taper from west to east. But tomorrow the sun is back. After a cloudy start for some, there might be a brief shower in the Niagara area. High temperatures tomorrow, 50s and lower 60s. Thank you kindly, Kevin Williams. This is the Noon Report, a busy day in the newsroom. I'm your host, Bob Price. And uh, let's check the headlines. Thursday, the 13th of October, a verdict has been reached now in the penalty phase of 24-year-old Nicholas Cruz's trial in Parkland, Florida, suburb of Fort Lauderdale. Cruz shot to death 17 people on Valentine's Day 2018 at the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. And today, the jury recommending life without parole. He could have gotten death. It's called the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, and it is the gauge by which economists measure inflation. Today we learned inflation is the highest it's been since August of 1982. Inflation continues to be worse than expected. Inflation has reached deeper and deeper into the economy. It's spread farther and it's going to be harder to get out. That is economist Brian Brenberg. He says the Fed may have to raise interest rates even more than they already have been doing. The problem with these numbers is they're stuck. They're staying above that 8% level. The experts told us these were going to come down, but they are stuck there. To counter the impact of inflation, the Social Security Administration is raising colas for 66 million older Americans. The cost of living adjustments will increase to almost 9% starting in January for Social Security recipients. In Bristol, Connecticut, two police officers were killed last night, a third seriously wounded while responding to a domestic violence call. Shots rang out at a home where two brothers had gotten into a fight. Both the fallen officers were husbands. One was a father expecting his third child. Overseas, Russia continues its missile attacks on major cities in Ukraine. There are more attacks overnight. Kamikaze drone strikes outside of Kiev that set off air raid sirens and sent people to the shelters once again. Mykolaiv, a city that's also been targeted, was hit once again, dropping a five-story building. Charlie Daggett in Kiev today. President Biden is in Los Angeles today, touting 
his infrastructure improvement program. California has been struggling with rolling blackouts and uh, limited electricity. Gasoline prices in the Golden State are the highest in the country right now, averaging a whopping $6.19 a gallon. Oregon voters could elect their first Republican governor in 40 years on November 8th. Lynn County Sheriff Michelle Duncan thinks crime's the reason why. We want our you know criminals to go to jail and uh, criminals that we would normally keep in our jail, we have to release them. President Biden will be in Portland tomorrow stomping for Oregon's Democratic gubernatorial candidate who is running neck and neck in the polls with the Republican challenger. You've never seen a Republican in, in I think what is it almost 40 years that has been this close to being able to win that seat. Duncan says soft on crime policies have put the GOP very much in play in the Beaver State. Violent crime in the city of Portland, Oregon's largest city, is up almost 40 percent from last year. People in Oregon, especially in rural Oregon, are, are just tired of the Portland mentality. I think even, you know, you're hearing a lot about even Portland's tired of some of the things going on in Portland that just is, is uh, you know, risking their safety. The last Republican elected governor of Oregon, by the way, was also the first Arab American governor of any state. And that was way back in 1982. We're coming up on 25 past the hour. You're plugged into the Noon Report, a Thursday edition on Family Life. This is Faith Under Fire. Each Thursday on Family Life, we give voice to religious battlegrounds in this nation. I'm your host, Tracy Lynn. With us today, Jonathan Shrugs, Senior Counsel with Alliance Defending Freedom. Cake baker Jack Phillips back in court again, this time for fighting a ruling over a gender transition cake. Jonathan, would you give us some of the details? Many of your listeners are probably familiar with Jack Phillips. He's a cake designer around the Denver area, and he went to the U.S. Supreme Court once already because he declined to create a, a wedding cake celebrating a same-sex wedding, and he was punished for that by the state of Colorado. But while that case was ongoing, a lawyer activist called up Jack Phillips and asked him to create a blue and pink cake to celebrate the attorney's gender transition. And even a few months later, the attorney asked Jack to create a cake depicting Satan smoking marijuana. So this attorney has been actively harassing Jack, trying to get Jack to say things that violate his core beliefs. Eventually, that led to this attorney filing a lawsuit against Jack Phillips, and we litigated that case at the lower court. We lost a trial on that issue and then appealed to the Colorado Court of Appeals. And so recently, we had oral arguments at the Colorado Court of Appeals to really determine, can these laws that are at stake in Jack's first case and, and then here in his next case, can they be forced to compel someone to speak messages that violate their core beliefs? A few years ago, I think 2018, Jack, he had a partial victory at the Supreme Court. Is that correct? That's right. We represented Jack in that case and went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. The state of Colorado, as I mentioned, tried to punish him in that situation, and we won. And because Colorado's officials were so hostile to religious beliefs, they said very offensive things about Jack's beliefs, and they were inconsistent in how they were treating Jack as compared to other cake designers. Because that was so blatant, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled on those grounds. 
but they didn't rule on some of the core free speech issues that are, are now at stake in Jack's current case and in another case that we have at the U.S. Supreme Court involving a website designer. So would you tell us again with the, the current case about the gender transition case, who is hearing the case this week? So the case was heard before the Colorado State Court of Appeals, before three judges, and we had oral argument in that. This is the same court that ruled against Jack the first time around, but we feel like we have very strong arguments, and it's a common sense argument, right, that Jack serves everybody. He serves people in the LGBT community and those outside of it. He just can't convey messages that violate his core beliefs, whether it be messages about Halloween. He doesn't create cakes trying to demean other people. We can't be forced to create a cake celebrating a gender transition either. So that's the basic argument we've made since day one, and it's one that the First Amendment protects and we're confident will win. These laws that are being used to punish Jack, it's really a kind of a seek and destroy mission against people of faith, and they can't be used for that. Jack has been through so much since drawing a line and standing up for his biblical convictions. Is there anything you'd like us to know about this case or how we can help? I think just be praying for Jack. I mean, as you noted, both he and his family have been so much. They've received death threats. They've gone through trials and numerous litigation. They've been in litigation for 10 years, pretty much. And all Jack wants to do is just live out his faith in his business and nothing more. He's happy to serve people of, of different backgrounds, of different beliefs. He just can't violate his own core convictions. And it should be something that concerns every American, right? When laws out there exist that are targeting people of faith, that are targeting particular viewpoints and seeking to exclude them from the public square. That's a dangerous thing. Yeah. Where can we learn more about this latest case? I would go to ADF's website, which is adflegal.org. Jack is standing up not just for his freedom and not just for the freedom of his children, but for the freedom of all Americans, right? Because we shouldn't be forcing LGBT cake designers and LGBT artists to say anything that violate their core beliefs either. But the First Amendment should go both ways. Tolerance is a two-way street. And if we extend these freedom of speech and freedom of religion protections to others, then they should protect Jack and people like him as well. So Jack really is a great hero for standing up for really all Americans' right to say what they believe and to live out their faith. That's ADF's Jonathan Scruggs. I'm Tracy Lynn, Family Life News. All right, tolerance is a two-way streak. Love it. Thank you, Tracy. The name of the program is Faith Under Fire. Comes your way every Thursday during the noon report or online anytime at familylife.org. Good afternoon. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. Rain today is the result of an approaching cold front. Uh, bringing with it not only rain, but rumbles of thunder. The cold front's passage tonight will push all the rain away and clear us out for tomorrow. Other than a stray lake effect rain shower in the Buffalo area, looks like dry weather as we head into the weekend, at least the first half of the weekend. To the call for this afternoon, rain and embedded thunderstorms across central New York, the Finger Lakes, central and eastern Pennsylvania. Farther west, a couple of leftover showers and rumbles in western New York and northwest Pennsylvania. Temperatures spend much of the time in the 50s, dropping tonight into the upper 30s to the mid-40s as any rains taper from west to east. But tomorrow the sun is back. After a cloudy start for some, there might be a brief shower in the Niagara area. High temperatures tomorrow, 50s and lower 60s. All right, Kevin, thank you very much. And finally, folks, take a gander at this. A goose got loose during the Major League Baseball playoffs last night in Los Angeles. We thought we saw everything in the game, and now a new friend wants to join our party. Hello, friend. <laughs> 
Yeah, that feathered friend interrupted play at Dodger Stadium in the eighth inning of the game between L.A. and San Diego. Ducks are very aggressive. I don't know that. I don't. They're very aggressive. And we're going to keep on playing. <laughs> they kept on playing. The Goose grabbed a seat in the middle of the outfield and was escorted off the premises shortly thereafter. The foul ball giving new meaning to the phrase Ducks on the pond. Wonder if Goose Gossage was on the mound. Could go on for forever like this. That's the world we live in Thursday, the 13th of October. I'm Bob Price. Family Life News. You've been listening to the Noon Report. Heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening.